0: Talking about heart and soul. What is the heart and soul of Jesus concerning his church? And we discovered from the very beginning that the heart and soul of Jesus was uh, to grow his family. Remember, if you were here with us, then we talked about that. If not, go online. Somebody was thanking me that we had podcasts that you can go online and listen. And so go online. And by the way, we have people listening all over the world different countries on a on a weekly basis and uh, and so go online and if you missed it listen to it and it'll impact your life so heart and soul jesus heart and soul for the for us as a church, is that he wants his church to grow. He wants a his family to grow. Secondly, we talked about the uh, that we need to grow in his family. Not only grow the family, but grow in his family. And we talked about what that looks like. And then last week we talked about putting the super in the natural. And what it takes to put the super in the natural. There's far too many Christians just living a natural life. And God's called us to live a supernatural life. And so we discovered what that took uh, to make that happen. And today, what I want to talk to you about, and I love this, is taking the dys, D-Y-S, out of dysfunction. Amen. And so that's what we've entitled today is taking the dys out of dysfunction. Amen. We want to be a functioning body. Uh, how many of you, I, enjoy your physical body. I mean, you you like when it's all functioning correctly, right? I mean, it, it, wouldn't you uh, hate it that one day your arms just going to get up in the morning and say, "I ain't functioning today. I'm taking the day off. I'm taking a vacation." Matter of fact, not only this day but next week, I'm taking it off too. And and, and you you know you you wouldn't like if your if, if your if uh, your body was dysfunctional, right? And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about taking the diss out of dysfunction, that that's the heart and soul of Jesus, that his body would be a functioning body. Everybody doing their part, making a huge impact for the kingdom of God. I'm here to tell you that uh, God wants to grow his church. We already identified that in the past, he wants to grow his family. And that means that he doesn't want just a small family. He wants a huge family. As long as there's people to reach, then we ought to be growing, 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 growing. Isn't that true? Amen? And, and, And not because we just want numbers. That's not it. It's because every number has a name. And every name has a story. And we want to help out in, in, in really bringing God's story into their story and uh, in allowing God to impact their life in a great way. So, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said this. He told Peter, he says, On this rock I will build my church, talking about the revelation that Peter had gotten. God builds his church upon his word, upon revelation. He says, And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And so he says that he wants to build his church. A matter of fact, our vision for our church is this, and and we're just going to throw it up. And it's this: that Church on the Move, uh, Church on the Move's vision is to grow a life-giving church that reaches the lost, disciples the found, and equips the next generation. And so our heart is to to grow. It, it's we're not, we believe in growth. Amen. Yeah. I believe that's God's heart. Yeah. I, I I just saw. I don't. She's not in here. She must be out in the lobby, but I saw uh, Vanessa a while ago with uh, uh, little baby uh, uh, Gabriel, and, and I was thinking, you know, Gabriel, the intent for him is to grow, not stay at that age. That'd be horrible if he's 40 years old and Miss Vanessa's still carrying Gabriel around. Isn't that right? And, and no, he wants growth, and he wants us to grow. And so, and I I like the word function because that's what we're all called to do. Every one of us are called to function. Uh, we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. In Ephesians 4, verse 1, it says this, I beg you, I beg you, this is the heart of Jesus, I beg you to lead a, a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God, every one of us have been called by God. And uh, and with that statement uh, uh, being made uh, from Scripture, I want to make a statement to, to go with that. And it's this, is that the whole church, the whole church, and each individual member is called to function. Every one of us have a calling to function. Not to be a dysfunctional part of the body, but a functioning part of the body. Romans 12 says it this way, in verse 4 it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. But notice that every member does have a function. Uh, you may be a hand in this body of believers. You may be a foot, you may be a mouthpiece, you may be some part, but every part is called to function. By the way, every function is important. And there's not one function more important than the others. Everyone is important. Everyone is a number 10 in some area of function. And so we want to help you find that function. And so we talked about our growth track and how that is uh, a part of how uh, we we help you to find your function as a body. And our dream team is a great place, a place where we want you functioning so that you can make a life-giving difference with your life. Amen? Uh, Romans 12, uh, 5 says this. I love it. says, each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. As a part of his body. If there's anything that I could get across in this series concerning the heart and soul of Jesus concerning our church, is that you'll never really find meaning in life until you start functioning as part of his body. I, I really believe that, because you're missing out on the best part of life, uh, is, is functioning as a team, being a part of a body, working together, making a big, huge impact in and with your life. A lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people have some religious mindsets. But this isn't a religious mindset. This is actually God's mindset, and I want to get in line with it. I, I I I talk to people on a regular basis and help try to help people. And and one of, one of the things that I'll communicate is that if you'll work God's word, God's word works. And, and if you'll just do it God's way, somehow it'll just work out. It'll pan out. It'll it'll just it just does. I don't understand how this iPad works. I don't know the inward working of this iPad, but I do know if I'll work what I do know to work, that it'll work for me, yeah. right? And so the same way in your life, in my life, if we'll just work God's word, then it'll work. And so if you'll function, that's when you're really going to start discovering the meaning of life. It's, It's honestly God's principles, God's ways are different than the world's. Jesus said it this way. He says, if you give your life away, if you'll just if you'll just lose your life, then that's when you're going to discover true life. That's when you're going to find your life. But if you hold on to it, if you just be selfish with your life, you live it your way, you do it your way, and not my way. Jesus was saying basically, he says, then you're you're gonna you're gonna lose your life. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna be fulfilled. You're not gonna be satisfied. You're not gonna you're not gonna discover all that God has for you. Amen. And so at church on the move. There's another statement I have for you if you're following along in the notes. By the way, there's some notebooks out there if you want to you wanna store those notes in that notebook. That's why they're punched, those uh, notes, and, and those notebooks are free for you. You can go grab it and use it. But let me give you this statement. At Church on the Move, functioning on our team, our, our dream team, is how we make a life-giving difference together. When we come together doing this thing to, called church and ministry together, that's when we make a life-giving difference. I love, I love just seeing people serving. From when you drive up and you have those friendly faces, and where's Tim and Ha uh, over there? Just those friendly faces waving you in and helping you park and just loving on you to uh, our greeters and, and those that are serving in our children's ministry, wherever it is that you come and contact our ushers. And, and then you come in here and our great worship team comes in and and, and they're just uh, leading us into worship. I told Lynn a while ago, thank you for, for uh, leading us this morning. And and we all need leaders in our life, and and, and we all need to be submitted to leaders. And during worship, you know what I do? Even though that God's called me to lead this church, I come under submission under their leadership, and I follow their lead as they lead us into a place of honoring and loving and worshiping God. Amen. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing when we work in harmony together. And, and we it'd be horrible that if Bobby and Vicky and Lynn and, and uh, Candace and any you know our singers start sing, and uh, Vanessa, they start singing and, and, and they're not harmonizing, and they just you know one's, one's in one key and another's in another key. It would sound not so pleasant, <laughs> to say the least. But when they start harmonizing and working together as a team, how beautiful it is. Yeah. How beautiful it is when a marriage harmonizes together. How pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity, according to Scripture. I'll just give you the Bible. Is that okay? Give you the Bible. And so Ephesians goes on and says it this way. I love this. Chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Now these are the gifts that uh, the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Get this. Their responsibility as leaders, as pastors, is to equip equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Get this about leadership. Many times leadership is misunderstood. Many times leadership is is, uh, misdefined. Many times people think that leadership is in place to be doing the works of ministry, but I'm going to tell you, according to biblical uh, uh, definition of leadership, this is what it's for, and, and we need a, we need to understand this. I want you to get this, and I made I, I I have the statement here, and it's this: leadership doesn't exist for itself. Leadership exists to facilitate function functionality is the goal, leadership is the means to that goal. So leadership is here to help people to get into a place of functionality, to be functioning as a body. That's why we're here as leaders. <laughs> I tell you, that was good. That, I need to have some amens in this house because that was really good. And, and so leadership's not here so that we can shine. That's not it. Leadership is here so that we can help others shine. We're to help facilitate or help people to get into a place of, of, of functioning, and we're to facilitate uh, that function in, in our church. So what I'd like to do is I would like to take a moment and define the word function, or excuse me, the word dis in the word dysfunction, what does that word "dis" mean? What does that prefix mean? Well, let me give it to you. And I, I went ahead and threw it on the screen, and it means diseased. You ever had a, a disease? Something that just wasn't right, and it was uneasy. It was a disease. When you're when we're not functioning, it's not easy. When we're not functioning right, when a hand isn't functioning like it needs to function, isn't it? Diseased. It's uneasy. It's not easy. Let's go on and define. It, it means abnormal. It's just not. It's just not normal. <laughs> it's just not normal. It means faulty. It Means uh, uh, dif- uh, difficult or painful, unfavorable or bad, impaired and even unhealthy. That's what that word dys, dis, that prefix means. It means all these things. Hey, ladybug. I, got, I have these big old huge earlobes, man. It has landed right on there. said so a good place to land. <laughs> Hello. You better watch it. I'll flap them things. All right, here we go. So let's talk about the disc. Let's talk about the disc and dysfunction. Because that disc, in essence, caps our potential. It keeps, us, it keeps us from functioning to our potential. It caps. It limits us. So I want to talk about the dys that caps our function. First of all, I want to make this statement, and then I'll give you some scripture, and it's this, is that the dys is, is your personal dysfunction, first of all, that it, it, it personally affects you. Jesus, he told this story that I want to go to, and it's found in Luke chapter 14. And it said, a certain man, in verse 16 says, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, begin to make excuses. That's a personal dysfunction. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and, and see it. The second said, "I,", I or he, he went on to say, please, ask. I, I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I, I bought a five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused. Still another says, I've, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come have me excused. There's three things here that many... Times causes personal dysfunction, and and one is is it, it is our wealth. He says, "I bought a piece of land. I bought a piece of real estate, and and wealth can uh, cause us to co- uh, be dysfunctional in in our pursuit of God. It can keep us from what God has for us, and and I think many of us, if we don't watch it, we'll find ourselves there. and And by the way, you don't have to have a, a whole lot of wealth to be." Uh, allowing wealth to cause you to be dysfunctional. The second area that we see here is work. He says, I bought five oxen, uh, oxen and I'm going to test them. And And I, I think this is a biggie that many times gets in the way of people functioning in the, in the level where God wants them to function, is they just uh, allow work to get in the way. I, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and they just said, well, I just, I've got so much to do. I said, listen, I, 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 I understand. I, I totally understand. I said, but if you'll just do it God's way, somehow it'll just work out. I can't, I can't tell you how, but if you'll just do it God's way. And in uh, this individual I was talking to, you can see the, the, the fatigue in their, in their physical body. You know that your body has a language? It's called body language. And that's why when uh, I, I and I I, I will tell our leaders this too that and I hadn't said it in a while, but I, I'm going to say it now is that when any time you have to confront somebody, confront in person. Don't do it over over the phone or over text or over email. Do it in person because uh, you want to see the full. Uh, the full thing that's being communicated, because there's more that's being said than words that are coming out of their mouth. You want to be able to see their body language and see what they're saying through their body language. And so, you know, we—I—I I, I, as I was talking to this individual yesterday, I could see in their body language that they're—they're they're fatigued. And I said, "Listen." I said you you need you need to put God first. One, you need to get in church. Number two, you need to take some time and, and rest. I said in the Bible says sometimes you got to labor into rest. Sometimes it's not easy. I, I'm one of those people. I'm just a go getter. I, I have to labor to rest, and, and it's just that way. But if you'll just do it God's way, it'll work out. And so. Wealth, work, and then wife. Oh got watching women, right? And and, and honestly, it's caused you to be dysfunctional, right? <laughs> Don't get married, right? That's a, no, that's not it. I I done I done got some dirty looks from some women out there. Jesus help me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> now relationships, let's throw it there, okay? Let's put it there. If you don't watch it, relationships can get you into a place of being dysfunctional. The Bible says, he who walks with the wise will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. The Bible says, watch it, wrong company, bad company will corrupt. It'll begin to, it'll begin to mess up your life. And so you've got to watch those relationships. Those things will cause you to be dysfunctional. So and and it happens and there's so many so many things that will cause you to be dysfunctional that I'd love to list today but I just don't have the time. Let me talk about the second area that I want to talk about and then I want to give you some resolve how to sol- how to resolve this in your life and then and and the second how to take that cap off of your your dysfunction and that dis the dis in your teamwork function is a second area that's affected. Not only will it affect you personally, but it will affect the team. And when you have, when you have a, that diss going on in, in, connected with the function, uh, the children of Israel, they couldn't even enter into the promised land because they were being dysfunctional. There were 12 spies that went in, 10 came back, 2 said we can do it, 10 said we can't. They brought back an evil report. That dysfunction within that 12 caused a whole, a whole nation to uh, wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And a whole generation died off just simply because 10 would not cooperate with God's plan. And the two that did eventually went in because they were the functioning part of that body. Amen. Does that make sense? So let me take you to Luke chapter 9, verse 57. We'll start there. It says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, now get this, he's declaring lordship. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, "Let the dead bury their dead, their own dead. But you go and preach the key, uh, the kingdom of God." And another said to him, "Lord, I will follow you. But let me go. Let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house." And but Jesus said to him, "No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God." A couple of things that I want you to see from this story. A couple of contradictions. One says, Lord. They all said, Lord. And then they said, let me first. Isn't that a contradiction? it? Doesn't the word Lord mean him being first and him being the leader and him calling the shots and not us? But isn't this how many times we are in our life when we're a part of a team, we're saying, Lord, but let me first. And as a result, it it, it impacts the team itself, yeah. the teamwork. And we become dysfunctional as a team because of that happening. And that happens all the time. I think every one of us have been there. I think every one of us understand what I'm saying. And, and you know, we can have a lot of things. We can be involved in, engaged in ministry, doing things, be a part of the dream team, but let me first mentality and mindset, and that causes problems. We need to let God invade all of our life. Does it mean that we're perfect? Does it mean that uh, we're, we're where we need to be? Paul the Apostle said it this way. He says, he says I don't claim to have arrived, but this one thing I do is I press forward. We need to have that press forward mindset and lifestyle that we're pressing forward. But many times we're not pressing forward. We're not dealing with the issues in our life. We're allowing the issues to continue to be a, a, a cycle of issues that we just keep living around and hanging around and keep repeating in our life. And it causes lots and lots of problems, lots of issues for the whole team. I, I, I laid out some scenarios. There's a guy, he's a leader in the church, and, and he's a very popular leader, and, but, but, but he's addicted. He's addicted to some stuff that is keeping him bound. He's addicted to pornography. He's addicted and maybe this guy's addicted. He has this issue with a, a temper. Maybe he's just got a bad temper. Or maybe he's just, uh, just really, really selfish. And as a result, it impacts the whole team. How about this other scenario where there's this guy that he's really committed and he's dedicated, hardworking, and He's one another leader in the church, but he has and is unwilling to develop uh, good people skills. He has bad people skills. I mean, he'll do everything right, but he's in this area. He's just dysfunctional. And I, I'm going to tell you something. I've had to work on my people skills Amen. over the years. <laughs> Lynn's been around me for long enough to know. I, 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 not that my heart wasn't right. I was wanting to do right. I just had a lot of work. But I let God come into my life. And I determined by Scripture, allowing the Scripture, anytime the Word speaks to me, I'm going I'm to apply myself to it. And it's like, Jesus, have your way. Do whatever you want. I'm going to be high relational. I'm going I'm to make sure that I am where I, I need to be. And so I, I, I moved from that place of, of where I was to where I need to be and I worked on it and allowed God to work on me so that I didn't cause our, our team to be dysfunctional because of me. I was talking to a couple of different pastors in the past, a couple, uh, past couple of weeks and, and I, was telling, I was telling them, I said, you know, uh, our, our church, I, I, I said, I don't care if I was pastoring or not. This is where I would attend. I love our church. I love the culture of our church. And I said, but our culture hasn't always been like this. I said, but let me tell you where, it's, where the shift took place. The shift took place in me first. I had, to, I had to allow God to come in and change some things in me that was desperately needing to be changed. And I was causing our team, I was causing our church to be dysfunctional as a result. Am I making this clear? So, so what I, wanted, I want you to understand is that every one of us, we have some personal dysfunctions. We have some uh, teamwork dysfunctions that will affect us all and we need to be willing to deal with it in our lives. Let me just show you a couple of pictures. Throw up that first picture that we have up there. And that's, that's our, our bowling small group. Uh, last week we took a, a shot and uh, it was, you know, there was a time where I just, I probably wouldn't be around a lot of people like that. But man, we have, we have a, a great team that we just enjoy each other. Amen. And, and I apply myself in my, in my relationships. I love my relationships. I love them. My, my mother and Miss Cindy have a small group, and, and I normally wouldn't do this, and I dropped in on them the other day in their small group. Amen. And I said, hey... Yeah, they're they're playing Uno. I always have to warn them. I always have to warn these ladies because they they can get a little wild back there. My mother li- they, she lives in the cottage behind our house, and it's like okay, you hear all that noise? Police are driving by, watching us. They're over there gambling. And then Thursday nights, I have our, our marriage small group, and the other day we were just enjoying each other the other day, and you know, I just where am I at? I'm in there. I'm in there. All I'm saying is, I work hard at my relationships now, and I'm actually having the time of my life. I'm enjoying relationships. And you know what it's doing? It's causing our team to be healthy. It, it's, it's, it's something where I just had to give up my myself. That this isn't going to be about me. That this is going to be about what God wants to do and what he wants to do through me. I had to take the diss out of my function. I was functioning, but I still had some discs in there. Are you with me? Yes, sir. And so what I'd like to do now is I want to I wanna talk to you about how to take that diss out of your dysfunction in the next three minutes. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Three minutes. You better, you better get this down. Number one, confront and remove all your complacency. Complacency is a self-satisfaction, a smug satisfaction with an existing situation. See, I was just kind of satisfied with my relationships the way they were. But I, had, I, was, I was complacent in my relationships, but God challenged me he said, and he challenged, he challenged me through his, his word. He says, they shall know me because of, they shall know that you're my, my disciple because of your love for one another. And I began to look and I thought, there was no difference between my love and the way that I was living my life with uh, God's body and those that don't know Christ and the, them doing what they do with their family and friends. And I thought, you know what, that's got to change. I was being complacent. And so I had to confront it and remove it. And there was a lady that was in our church, and she says, you know, and, and I tell you, it started really, I think that was back then, it started there. She says, I'm, I'm generous, and I, my, my wife and I have a, a generous heart, generous spirit. She says, I'm generous with my money, but I'm selfish with myself. And it, it, it pricked me. And it's like I was, I was complacent in that area. What's causing dysfunction? What's causing the disc in your function that you need to confront and remove? Secondly, you need to confront and remove apathy. Apathy. Apathy is a, a state of uh, indifference. Uh, really, it's a suspension of even emotion, where you're just ap- apathetic or concerned, just don't even really have any concern anymore about what's going on, the situation. There's, there's almost a a removal of excitement and motivation and, and, and that type of thing, just apathetic. And, and the best story that I could think of when I was thinking about this was uh, the story of the three guys that passed the guy that was on the side of the road, half dead. And 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 one was a preacher, the other was a believer, a, a, a child of God, and then there was a Samaritan that was not, you know, not necessarily a, a covenant believer. And it was the the Samaritan that had compassion and reached out. He was not. And and I I just felt like. I just felt like I could see apathy in the preacher and the Christian. Yes. And how many times we just, we're just not even concerned about those that are lost. <laughs> Let me tell you why I have these cards on these, on these seats. And I didn't put them there. Our ushers did. Thank you for doing that. But why I asked them to do that is because I don't want to be apathetic towards those that are far from Christ. I want us reaching out. So I want to confront it. I want to remove it so that we can function like God wants us to function. That's why I call you. I call everybody to be a part of our dream team. Will I condemn you if you don't? No, absolutely not. Sometimes people move faster than others. I understand that. But let's function. And let's reach out and make a a life-giving difference. Confront, number three, and remove your passivity. And by the way, if you notice the letters on the front of all three of those, it, it's the letters CAP: C-A-P, complacency, apathy, and, and passivity. And and I talked about how uh, dis can cap our function. And if we'll get rid of the cap, then we will function. And uh, that word passivity uh, it means uh, inactive. Uh, uh, it means uh, uninsertive, unassertive. It means detached and unresponsive. And sometimes we're just not responsive. We're just not connected. We're just not where we need to be. We're just being passive. Well, let somebody else do it. Pastor Bobby says this all the time. Uh, One of his frustrations is that there'll be people that will say, well, you guys have plenty of people on the worship team and you don't need me. And he's like, we, we need. It's like, as long as you're called to be a part of this body, there's a place for you. Amen. Now, it may not be the worship team, but you're still, there's a place for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And and really, that's, we can be passive. Yeah. And that's the diss that comes into our uh, uh, into the into the place of being uh, dysfunctional, Amen? Amen. So let's go forward, functioning together as a body. Let's make an impact. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you don't realize this, and maybe you're you're so accustomed to church on move that you've you become uh, insensitive to this. But very 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 seldom. Do we not have a service where somebody doesn't give their life to Christ? And, and God, is, God is always moving in, in powerful ways. And what m- makes that happen is not what's only taking place here. But it's what everybody's doing that makes it happen. It's, it's the heart being prepared from, like I said, from, from the street to, the, to, to in here. Where people they see those friendly faces greeting them from the street to the doors to inside the doors to in here and then worship they the worship breaks up that hard heart through the you know the during the course of the week we can get hardened in our heart and worship allows uh, uh, God to just come and begin to soften our heart so that we can be receptive to receive what He wants to speak to us and it's everybody working together that makes this happen and so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for considering this message. If maybe you're not uh, functioning, thank you for uh, at least prayerfully considering it. And uh, the on-road for you, it maybe is just getting started and taking the next step for you. Maybe it'd be water baptism next Sunday. Getting involved in the growth track. If you've not started, we'll have step one next Sunday. Jump in. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray.